We are in the midst of a short journey of meditating on our core values as a church. This led us through what it means to rest, to reflect, and to redirect ourselves to God as individuals and as a community. And today we land on our final topic in this series, that of reconnection. It's important that we get to this idea after being reminded of the other three. For it's best when we rest in God's presence and make time to reflect on God's love, care, and goodness that we can redirect our lives to God's ways. And then we can reconnect to God, others, and ourselves. Especially after coming out of the last year and a half. You might find it hard to reconnect. Or you might be longing to reconnect. Perhaps you're ready to reconnect with those you have not had a chance to be in community with. Those maybe that you got to see on a screen, but not in person. Or maybe not at all. And there is something about physical presence that I think this last year and a half has taught us. There is nothing quite like it. And of course, there was much to navigate for a lot of us. It was the first time, or maybe a long time, since we had an outside voices telling us when and how we could be with others. So as we dive into this idea of reconnecting today, I just ask you to, I'd like to ask you to think for a minute of anyone that you're really longing to reconnect with. Reconnecting implies that there was a connection before. And certainly for all of us, there was before 2020. And there is connection now in 2021 that's still a little bit new and we're still trying to figure out, I think. It's best to think of connection in light of love. Matthew 22, Jesus tells those that are questioning him what the greatest commandments are. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. So as we think of love in these ways, Let's set the stage for the scriptures that we're focusing on today. Think of spending a few years with Jesus and his closest friends, laughing together, crying together, witnessing some of the most amazing miracles, reading and discussing the holy scriptures, sharing meals and hugs, the warmth of friendship, ministry, service together for years. This was connection. This was union. This was community. This is what they had, and this is where we meet them in our scripture today. 
Jesus took this time, his last intentional hangout with his closest friends before he would walk his painful journey to death, burial, and resurrection. He shared a very important cultural and religious meal with them. He washed their feet. He told them of Judas and Peter's betrayals and so much more. Then he tells them his final commandment. That is his final rule or imperative. It's more than a recommendation. This is something he is asking them to do. And he says, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. This is a radical form of love. In our society, there are many forms of love, but few of them include laying down one's life. And yet, this is what God calls us to do. And he goes further, right? Beyond just those first two great commandments, he says, love as he has loved. So we know this is not sentimental love. This is more than just emotion. This is the way that he was loved by the Father and the way he has shown love. They witnessed it. We read about it, right? But they witnessed it. It's tangible. It's faithful. It's acts of small and huge things. There's service and charity. There's acts of retreat and self-care. Of course, there's his worship of God in sacred places, like the synagogues and the temple. And he worshiped in nature. Perhaps his closest friends all had a concept of love before he came into their life. Perhaps we did. Perhaps we had ideas of love before 2020. And perhaps they've changed. Maybe they've morphed. Maybe they've matured. Perhaps they've been tested. And we've had to reevaluate what love looks like. The invitation for us today is to think about how love is at the very core of reconnection. Maybe you need to reconnect with God. Has this last season made your hearts hard towards God? Have there been distractions? Some might be intentional, while others completely unintentional. Perhaps you let yourself stop some of the spiritual disciplines that previously grounded you in your relationship with God. For others, this last season provided space and time and grace to connect with God in new ways, maybe different or deeper ways. And perhaps you're grateful for the season that we just went through and how you were able to connect with God. As we reflect on these things today, I want to assure you there's no right or wrong answer. 
I just would ask that you be mindful of what's coming to mind and what resonates with you. Perhaps you need to reconnect with one or more people in your life. Your family, your friends, your peers at work or at school. Might be hard during the summer, but it can happen. Here at Holy Trinity, some of us will need to make new connections. And some of us will be reestablishing connections that were strained due to just not being able to be together. Do you need to reconnect with ministry partners? Are there places where you serve those that are less fortunate than you? Do you need to reestablish connection with mission organizations or simply change when and where you serve? That's all okay too. An aspect I think that's very often overlooked is our need to reconnect with ourselves. Are you aware of everything you're feeling a year and a half later? Are you aware of what your body's carrying within you? Do you know your pain points? Whether they're physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, Maybe there's parts of you you've avoided in defense of all that you've seen or read or witnessed or heard or felt or even smelled and tasted. I have seen it in conversations over and over. We have all been overwhelmed on so many levels of, with all of our senses. And maybe it's been too much or too little. Again, there may be those of us who feel like we've connected with ourselves in wonderful ways and in incredible ways. That the time we had alone or less than <laughs> allowed us to cultivate more mindfulness and presence of self than ever before. There are no wrong answers to these thoughts. But I ask you, today is when was the last time you experienced quality connections with God, with others, or with yourself? Jesus said to his followers then, and he says it again to us today, you are my friends. If you do what I command, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that you have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. He calls us friend. Of course, the theological realities of that are enormous. But for today, it's meant to be a gift 
It's meant for you to think about your closest, dearest friends, those who know you through and through, those you've experienced life with, the good, the bad, the ugly. If you think of friends who are supportive of you, how God made you, they're kind when you need it, they're frank when you need to hear the truth. They're gentle when you're feeling fragile. And they're a lot of fun when you just want to experience the joys of life. A true friend is a true gift. Jesus makes his last case here to remind them that they were his chosen friends just as you were chosen. Jesus called you. Maybe at birth, maybe at a very specific time and place that you can remember, maybe it was over a series of events, but he called you to be his friend. Not a slave, not a puppet, his friend. And yes, he is the ultimate, ultimate master of all universes, of time and space. But he called you, and he calls us today to be his friends for one reason. So that you will love one another. And what is the ultimate way of love that he has shown us? It's his words, it's his actions, it's his life, as well as his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. As I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. So this leads us to ask ourselves, what sort of things might we need to lay down in order to love well? Jesus laid down his life, and certainly some are still called to do that. However, most of us in our privileged area of the world may never have to, to go down that road. Yet there are ways that we can all lay down things to love well. Perhaps it's our rights. Perhaps it's our opinions, our prerogatives that are getting in the way of how we can love God or others or ourselves. Maybe for some it's our pride, our fear of asking for help. That might be the very way we can and will reconnect with others and allow them to love us and in turn show love. Our self-sufficient ways do not always allow us the privilege of seeing the Holy Spirit move in our lives. Can you think of a moment in the past when you reconnected with God through your need for God? Our Bible is full of stories of needy people 
who cried out to God. And God always provides. It may not be the way we want or we think we need, but God always provides. Some of us have lost an enormous thing in this last season. Some have lost family members. Some have lost friends. Some have lost children. There's been death and divorce, unemployment, illness, loss of major life events, like getting to graduate with your peers, or postponement of weddings and funerals. And there are other losses that we all experience from not being able to go out when we wanted, where we wanted, with whom we wanted. I am not asking for a show of hands. But how many of us lost a friend or a family member over something social, political, or religious in the last year and a half? Some of the people I've talked with we're really surprised by this. We thought our relationships were deeper. Others were hurt. Many of us are still standing in the aftermath, trying to discern what to do next, to proceed with caution and care and love, and wondering, is reconnection even possible? I believe in hope, and I believe it's always possible. And I believe our word tells us that it's always possible. Loss is a connector. We sometimes like to avoid talking about it or thinking about it. But Jesus promises that those who grieve will be comforted. And this is done with the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's also done with tangible acts of the church. And it can connect us in ways that are different than we may have ever tried before. Coming alongside of someone who is journeying through loss can be an incredible way to reconnect. For some, it may be the first way that you connect with them. This is best done listening, avoiding advice, and only offering recommendations if the person is open to it. Another way to build community is to work together on a project, mission, ministry. I think of the different times that our congregation has come together to help, from our beloved refugee family, when we helped build planner boxes for the school, or when we got chances to make meals for families with new babies. These sort of things delight God, and they build community. This is one of the reasons that our Sunday worship service is so powerful, because there are so many different people utilizing their gifts to bring about our time together. There are those who plan and prepare, they execute, and they clean up after us. And I just want to say thank you to Jordan and Lucas and their team. 
There are those who set up and they clean up the altar. Thank you to the altar guild. There are those who run the sound and the video system for us. Thank you, Thomas. And of course, hospitality, our readers, our Eucharistic ministers, our prayer team, those who create beautiful flowers, and so many others. Thank you for your service, and thank you for participating in what we have together. So speaking of the Beauty Guild, I was blessed to be among those uh, that worked on these beautiful flower arrangements yesterday. And our time reminded me of the vast array of flowers. There are so many different flowers in that bouquet. Each one is unique and it's beautiful and it's different and it holds a different gift, a different smell, a different visual, right? When you put them together, there is an even more beautiful power than their individual beauty. And that's what I think our worship time together is. There is an aroma that lifts when we come together, utilize our gifts, reconnect. And there's a smell of like incense, of like oil, maybe like the psalm we read. Jean Vanier, who is the founder of Large Communities, in his book, Community and Growth, he writes, we are all called to do not extraordinary things, but very ordinary things with an extraordinary love that flows from the heart of God. Love is communion communion with God and with our brothers and sisters. Love is manifested in all the little things of life that build community, not heroic acts. Now this may seem counter to the incredible requirement of Jesus saying greater love has none than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. However, it is in the daily, routine, simple, and constant ways that we love that builds a habit of love. And with the habit of love, we are able to do anything that love requires us. Both the letting go of the things that hinder love and the embracing of those things that allow us to love in healthy and powerful ways. So as we journey towards the table in a few moments, we're reminded that the Eucharist is an act of sacrifice and union. The sacrifice and union of Christ's gift of love for us. I pray that as we abide in God and God in us, that we will be enlivened to reconnect and to love well. Amen.